Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Either Way. Kids are playing in the background. Uh, on this episode, we're going to interview actor, producer, director, Clay Crawford. And we're going to talk about sort of the state of film and how things are releasing and just in general. But we're also going to talk about his feature uh, that just came out. It's called A Killing or The Killing of Two Lovers. It's called The Killing of Two Lovers. It is uh, it premiered at Sundance. Obviously, everything's kind of quiet right now because eh, the world's a little mixed up. Besides that, it's a really great conversation. We touch a little bit on what's going on in the world, but more importantly, we kind of focus on staying creative and how he kind of went about this process, him and, and, and his, his group that helped make this film. Anyway, here it is, uh, an, an ad first, of course, and then we'll go straight into it. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome to another, uh, whatever this is, this thing I'm doing while I'm trapped in my house. Uh, I'm at my office now, but you get the point. Uh, either way is what we call it because it's, uh, we don't want to claim responsibility for anything, nor do we not want to say we're doing something. So either way, it works. Uh, today we're talking to my buddy Klain. Uh, you've seen him in a, a lot of stuff. Uh, he's done a lot of things. I kind of want to just talk to him as an artist here. He's a director, he's a producer, he's an actor, very accomplished at what he does. Uh, we'll talk about his film, The Killing of Two Lovers, that crushed it at Sundance. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot of other stuff. So I'm just going to pop him in. <laughs> Awkward as this is, it feels, it felt like a good idea prior to doing this. Uh, <laughs> it feels kind of strange now. Yeah. Like, it's like I'm remote amazing. via satellite. Yeah, it it's is. Good, and it, you know, yeah. it's, we, we chat on the phone or whatever. <laughs> you talk over text. It's just this uh, different situation. So how are you, man? How are you guys doing throughout this whole wackiness um you know for us we live on a little farm and uh we homeschooled all of our children until they're around 12 uh so this year my middle son who just turned uh, 13 uh, this year has been his first year of school um which he's loved but you know now he's back at home so for us we're just kind of the only thing that's changed in our lives is not having to drive him 30 minutes to school each day Right. You know, I mean, we, we wake up, we eat breakfast, we do their, we take care of their school, knock it out. And then we're outside, um, you know, it's spring here. Right. So everything's popping. Um, we're getting the garden planted and just kind of getting ready for summer. Yeah. Do you find that, um, like we talked about a little bit ahead of time, do you find that in a weird way, like you guys have had this sort of relationship where, you know, everyone's together. Um, you know, you guys have a nice tight knit family and the kids are home and all that. And now even more so, everybody's home. Do you do you feel like around the world, and not making a political statement, just in general observation, other friends, do you feel like families are being forced to be, we're kind of being forced to connect to the way of life you've been living for a little while, like this sort of farm life? Do you feel like the rest of the world's catching up with you in some ways? I don't know if they're catching up to me. I mean, look, there's some people doing it on a much larger scale, but <clears throat> I will say this, you know, they bring us all in for a parents-teacher conference uh, a few weeks ago, and they're, they're kind of laying out, hey, this is because my son goes to a very small little private school um, and uh, a lot of affluent uh, individuals out of the community have their children there. And um, to have these guys sitting in this room and administration explaining how they're going to be teaching their children at home. Right. These people were not prepared to have to spend that much time with their children. Um, right. We, on the other hand. I dig it. Like, I like my kids, you know, um, I, I like my wife. So for us, 
I, I love shutting the gates and just kind of being hunkered down. You know, quarantine's my middle name, man. <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, I, I just suddenly, I, I, it just seems like it's so comfortable. Like it's the most comfort, comfortable you've been in years. You're just like, yeah, I'm good. Like I don't have to worry about squat, you know? Yeah, now there's no one's acting. No one's making movies, so I don't have to feel weird if I'm not making a movie. It's just like, oh, shit. All I have to do is wake up and go work in the garden or cut grass or yeah, yeah i'm in heaven sure that, you know I, I i feel for all those uh, let me let me say that obviously the families and the people that are dealing with this um you know losing loved ones and and, and not being able to support them or you know our first responders who are who are soldiers right um my heart goes out to those guys um but for us i i feel blessed that nothing has shifted in our world whatsoever no and i i think there's always a respect of that we, we at some point we have to be able to enjoy uh what we do have that's great like there's been i've said this multiple times i'm closer to my kids now because i own a business and like you you know you and i we, we hustle for a living so i was in the middle of hustling it's the beginning of the year i'm in full hustle this has made me take pause and kind of reevaluate take stock and reevaluate certain things altogether. and so yeah Although there's a, a lot of tragedy and bad happening, I'm still trying to look internally for what good I can gain from it. In this case, for me, it's, you know, spending more time with my kids. Let's hopefully jump. All, Go ahead. Hopefully we all come out of that, right? I was just going to say, I hope that we, after this, this passes, I hope that we create new habits and, and we start to realize what do we really need, right? We're, no one's going shopping. No one's going to buy outside of, you know, essentials and groceries. I, I just, and, you know, being hunkered down with their families. I don't know. I hope we, I hope we make some shifts and culturally, you know, and socially after this. I, I think, I think we will. I heard, I, I don't remember if it was Donald Trump or heard it somewhere else. And one of those things talking about it, just in general, that the idea of handshakes might change, right? Because here we are, you know, you're suddenly, th I know, I know. Look, man, look, I, look I'm I a germaphobe. I'm a germaphobe. If I can, if I can go to the native American, you know, how, or some Kanishiwa, like I will bow. I'll, if I don't have to touch him, because look, in L.A., everybody's gotten to where it's now. It's kiss hellos. Yeah, I'm, not I'm like, what? We're all it's it's we're, we're one step away from intercourse. Hello. I'm like, man, I'm over it. I don't know where the freaking heck you've been, man. I don't want to touch you. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally, it's kind of a Larry David moment. I wish I could. Uh, I could get you doing that awkward Larry David sort of vibe. It'd <laughs> be gold. Uh, so, so prior to that, let's, let's jump back. So it's only how far removed is Sundance right now from, from what a month? Well, we promote, what was it? The 23rd is when I think they kicked off those opening ceremonies, uh, of, of January. So, oh, January. you know, a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, but outside of Berlin, which had its own issues, um, there's just been no film festivals. Uh, so, we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to go show the film there. And um, obviously the reception that we had was, was a blessing as well. Um, let's set it up real quick. Did it premiere there? It was a premiere there. Yeah. It's on mm -hmm. the yeah. Can you yeah. kind of talk me through just a little bit of it? I've got like, you know, I can throw this. We're talking about a movie. Can I throw the poster up? That one. Boom. Yeah. I love you. Say, can I throw it up as it hits the screen? Hey, Alex. What do you call a pile of kittens? What? A mountain. Come on, Mountain. That is terrible. What a new joke. New jokes? You guys tell me a joke. The dog's always in a push-up position. 
Mitch Hedberg, search him up. Mitch Hedberg, who's that? Comedian that's actually good. Oh, the bus is here. Bye, Dad! Bye, boys! movie it was awesome man so talk to me about it. can you can you kind of give us just a rundown i mean obviously i i, I know a little bit but can you kind of give just in general sort of from the because you approached this this was a project you you paired up with robert on can you kind of talk about the the genesis of this because i think it's really fascinating um how you you jumped into this and and the way you approached it and made it happen it's pretty well, cool. you know, I mean, after I'd gone th after my last creative experience had kind of gone the way that it did, um, I went through a period where I wasn't sure if I wanted to be creative anymore um, as an actor anyway. It's such a shitty fickle business and um, fecal business. And um, <laughs> so I was just I, I went through that. I came here to my sanctuary. Right. And I, I put my hands on the soil. Um, and, and just kind of uh, got back to basics. And then I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to make a film, if I'm going to go back to work, then I kind of want to go try it my way. Um, because that's what I had fought the entire time I was at network was um, kind of buck, you know, kind of fighting the system and the way things were, were, were the way we approach filmmaking. And I called Robert uh, in July so I got fired in May, and I think I, 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 I was butthurt for a couple of months. And then around July, I gave him a buzz, and I was like, look, man, um, what, what do you have laying around uh, script-wise outside of this one film that we really wanted to make? But we knew that it would be – it was a little uh, seasonal sensitive. Um, so I said – and he goes, look, I've got this great short. And uh, I, I was like, well, it can't be a short, man. Make a feature, right? And he, he said, um, and it was called The Drift at the time. And essentially, we were kind of exploring masculinity um, in this country and, and what defines a man anymore. And, um, you know, this, this idea of being a tough kind of fighter. Um, and, and so the, the short was essentially this father comes to pick up his children. His, him and his wife are separated. And the boyfriend is there. And it ends up that there's a big fight out in front of the house and dad gets his butt kicked by the new boyfriend. And we were curious of the children witnessing that and how it would affect their relationship with their father. Um, so when we took that, like, we took that short and Robert was like, well, let me just explore this and kind of let's live in this world of the separation. Um, and, and, and we thought it was, we thought, it, so he went to go write the script and he went to this little town of Kanash in Utah and it's like population 350. Wow. And it's, and there's nothing drew in any direction for 40 miles. Okay. Right. So these guys are real, are literally in this little valley and, um, and there's one road in, uh, uh, there's a road that cuts through the town. So you block those two off and there's no entrance to this little town. 
really unusual. And uh, Robert went to go because an artist friend of his has a studio there where he goes and paints. Um, and it's an old schoolhouse from the turn of the century. And Robert's sitting in this town. And he's like, holy crap, we've got to make this film. He goes, buddy, it's like a mile radius. He goes, everyone knows each other. And Robert was interested in the idea of out of a home, but being able to see the house where your spouse is, oh, your ex yeah. is, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can walk over and get the kids. So literally the two homes, Robert's like, I, I there are these two houses and they're 50 yards apart. He's like, how crazy would that be? So oh. we started writing for the town and, oh. um, and, and he finished the script in October and he goes, we have to shoot in Kanash. And, I didn't know how we would even make that work logistically. You bring in equipment and housing and, and how do you feed a crew? And um, because there's no restaurants in this town, there's one gas station and one mercantile um, and the mercantile is owned by the community. And, and luckily enough, there was a three bedroom motel connected to the gas station. Um, so we, <laughs> yeah, a Sinclair gas station, which I haven't seen a Sinclair gas station ever. Um, and, we called up a couple of actors. Um, I, I had worked with Chris Coy on Lethal Weapon, and, and I just thought he was a really talented guy. And that's um, the shot here. Is that that's everybody? Yeah, got? yeah. So that's Chris. So the director is in the middle. Uh, that's Robert Machoian. Uh, Chris Coy is on the far right there, and then sitting next to me, Seppi Demofi. Um, and um, Seppi. Uh oh. You hung up. Uni, who cast me. There you are. You're back. They, they cast me. Good. They cast me in Rectify. Uh, maybe and Juni did. So I called them up and they cast me in a ton of stuff. They're great casting directors. And I just said, hey, this is the, here's the script and here are the young boys because we were using Robert's children. And um, uh, yes, yeah, you sent me Seppi and we went and shot this thing in December. We were on <laughs> set shooting on day one, December 1st. And is that my Wi-Fi that's going out? Yeah, because I'm on the hard line. It's okay. Should I, should I switch? I've got great signal. Should I get off of Wi-Fi? Uh, I mean, Wi-Fi. I bet I the key. We stream everything. We don't have cable, so. Yeah, that's it's it's probably it was it's all right. It's doing okay. This, yeah, well, this is the world we live in now. That, we just got to deal with it. There's nothing I can do. It's real. If you were on the other side of a bridge and I asked you, is it okay for me to cross? And you answered like that. I'm not going across the bridge. <laughs> Listen, man, that's, I don't, you know, not going across the bridge. It's like, it's like, no, 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 man, it's the guy, it's the guy, it's the guy. No, it's not. So that's nope, why I'm going to crawl all to my death. That's why we're called either way. So I don't have to commit to anything. Either way. Either way. Ah, either way. Did you hear that? No. Nope. Either way. Yeah. So it's like, if you asked me for a take and we want to talk about performance, I'd, uh, I'd be like, uh, I thought it was good either way. And that's nah. yeah, yeah, non-committal. But we all know that's not how you direct, Drew. Your direction is go do it better, <laughs> better, faster, better, faster. Better. Um, Say the words faster. <laughs> speaking into this, so here's the thing that I think is interesting: writing about the town and casting and doing everything the way you did, right, is something that I think is a, a theme that you and I have talked about often. Despite just as two dudes having a combo about kind of making our own opportunity, certainly that changed a good bit after Network. But this film, if you're writing for a town, you're doing the opposite of what a film would normally do. You're you're like middle fingering, stone colding uh, the the literal idea of there's no incentives majorly in Utah. You're you're going rogue to a town where there's barely any support. 
talk about that when you make the film and then it premieres at Sundance with that mentality. How does that make you feel just re removing the acting part? How does that make you feel as a producer? How does it make you feel as an artist, man? Like that's a big damn deal. Well, I'm in, I'm in this position now. I've basically drew no one can tell me, right? I think that I'm the greatest and smartest person on the planet. So Jesus. I knew it was coming. That's, that's the answer. You know, I, you know, you, you, I don't know. Look, I, I, I don't you, 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 yes, everyone tells a certain way and you keep saying, I don't think that's how we should do it. And, and, and so, yes, we did. It was not necessarily intended to be a middle finger, but it was, we said, look, we're going to make this with my money. So I don't have to answer to anyone worried about getting a return on their payment. So this is not about money. This is about, because I've never worked on anything in my career that wasn't about money. Right except rectify greatest right. show I've ever worked greatest project. But you know, e even when you and I go to make a film, we got to make money, right? right. We've got to, there's people who are looking at you and saying, Drew, if you, if you screw up, right, you're accountable for the loss of the system. So I, um, I didn't want any of those things. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write a modest check and we're going to write for the budget as opposed to just write these things and then freak out because we can't make it, right. right? If we have X amount of dollars and we know we want to shoot in this town, then let's structure it in such a way that that, that, that the material supports those things. Right. Um, so we, we cast who we wanted to cast and we made the film that we wanted to make. Um, and then we went through the editing process, which look, I sent it to a couple of people. Um, and I got some crazy note, and I ever I, I got the same note repeatedly on one aspect of the film, telling me to do something. And um, they said, you know, you can't point a weapon at a woman's head in the first thirty seconds of the film. You know, they're like, you're just you're gonna wow. you're gonna lose the audience. And I was like, okay. And I mean, I got it back every time I shared it with someone. And um, and I looked at Robert, and I was like, look, man, we trusted our guts this whole time. And we have to stick to it. And and what do we have to lose, right? And yeah. and that's so. So the answer to your question, it felt great, obviously, to have the reception and for everyone to flip out that they love the gun being pointed at the head, right? The one thing that everyone said I couldn't do, right? You know, it's like this is what we love, and it's like okay, I, I get it. Um, so we're grateful that it all worked, and now we're in a place that I want to do. The whole point was we want to self distribute the film. And now yep. we're being, we're getting offers and people are telling us we're crazy to try to do this. And we're, it, we're trying to stay on track, trying to stay, stay the course. And we want to just kind of, this was all an experiment, Drew. I didn't make this film to go to Sundance for God's sakes. I made this film just as a calling card to say, Hey, you can make it for under a hundred grand. You can shoot it in two weeks right. and you don't have to listen to anyone. And you don't have to assume that the audience are stupid. I mean, there's very little dialogue in this film. You know, um, and uh, yeah, it felt great, man. And that's what I meant by sort of making your own opportunity, sort of, it's not a middle finger to the whole industry. I'm just saying like, it's break, it, it's a little bit rebellious. I'll be honest with you, in, in, a, in a world right now where a lot of content is being uh, just, I feel like rehashed over and over again, and it's just personal opinion here, either way, that's why we say that. But the fact is that you turned around and kind of, it reminds me of that 70s, in the 1970s when, when film went rogue and they said, you know what? We're taking the camera off the tripod. We're going handheld. We're doing what we want to do to tell a better story. 
And suddenly we had a massive burst. I feel like that's the direction that you and some other filmmakers are heading down that path. Like we're getting back to it being a story and being driven by let's just engage and tell a story and see what happens as opposed to how many beats per minute do we need to have the score be so that we maximize the heart rate? I mean, there's formulas for that stuff that are just, I sound right. like a tinfoil hat guy, but you know, it's true. Like we know there's a beat. So one of, the things absurd. I, one of the things I noticed is it was four, three was, is the whole movie four, three. Did you decide to do that? And what was the, yeah. what, what was the reasoning behind it? I think that's kind of interesting. It's claustrophobic and we wanted to feel trapped kind of in David's world. And, um, and there was something about it. And two, because I think there's 80, 82 cuts in the film. Um, yeah. So each frame kind of stands alone as a, uh, as a still. And, you know, Robert is a photography professor, so the frame is very important to him. Um, and it just seemed to live really beautifully in that four, three, it, 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 what's, what's nice. It's such a contrast to these, this massive landscape, these beautiful mountains that are kind of in the distance. It, it just, it puts you in this really peculiar kind of space. And that's where David is, which is why we kind of did the sound design the way that we did, you know, we wanted to, cause look, it, it all goes to what you just said. Why Redford's Redford's my hero. You know, when he produced Rectify and, and to have to be able to spend time with that man, that's why he started Sundance. He was like, let's go to the woods. Let's be inspired by nature and let's make things our way. Right. And um, and 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 it, yeah, so it was exciting to go there and to kind of execute in that way. And and um, yeah, four three was exciting because you don't see it a lot. No, here's my thing is I kept watching. I watched the two uh, teaser pieces that you guys have dropped out and I'll post the links so people can go watch them. But looking at them, both of them, one is this close up on you driving in this truck. And it's just suddenly I feel like you said, it's claustrophobic, but I also feel more intimate to the actor. There's a weird thing where mm. you're in this landscape that I can see in the background that normally the opposite of this is anamorphic, right? Where it's all about the landscape. Um, and so you're not playing that up. It, it's there, but it's again, it's about, it's the story that we're after these characters. And then looking at it from the other piece, which is just you and the boys walking towards a bus. Uh, God bless. I assume, is that what some of this stuff is? This photograph right here? Is that some of that? Is that some, how you guys know? This is uh sorry, mosquitoes. This is um, the, the big our climatic uh, okay. ending, which is about an 18 minute take. Um, oh, no joke. Yeah, and that's the kids that are just watching, you know, that you know, because that's their dad directing, and and um, yeah, that's a, that the the golf cart is our our, our makeshift dolly. Brilliant! Hey, look, man, innovate. That's what I'm saying. Don't get stuck in anything. Can you tell me what's going on in this photo, though? You know, Drew, it, there's <laughs> there's some times in life where it, look, man. it's best not, you know, what's not said, and and just really taking the image in. <laughs> I'm just uh, curious. I, that uh, dummy and I had been through a lot, Drew. I figured, I figured there was something like you were whispering something about the like, I don't know. I didn't know if you were practicing for some uh, other craziness or whatnot. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to absorb all your Sunday night. Uh, plus, it's WrestleMania is on, and I'm sure you got to watch all the wrestling you can, you can stand. Uh, I just had WrestleMania. We've got a tent set up in the back part of the property with a big blow up mattress in it. Yeah. And I go in there and wrestle with the boys for about a half hour oh, every day. 
beat the hell out of them. So, so two quick questions on this one. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'm just curious your thoughts now, especially. So because of the, the pandemic, theatrical releasing is changing, right? How do you feel about that from a perspective of there's two things that I think are interesting. One, it obviously can hurt some box office bonuses, but the other side of it is how do you feel about it from a, from a, from an actor and a producer perspective to see that potentially there's movies that might just come out on DVD. How's that? Or I mean, on demand, sorry, I'm old school, but how do you feel about that kind of thing? Is there a thought? Do you have a thought process on that at all? I, I think it's, I mean, we knew it was shifting. Right. And I think, I, 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 I feel like it's, uh, we were everything shit. I think, we were already in this place of people didn't want to have to go to work anymore. It's like, I can work from home people. We were stopped. We weren't really necessarily going into the brick and mortars any longer uh, in, in regards to shopping. Um, and we had started to rely on our phone and our laptops for our content. Um, I, and then this has kind of pushed us in. We're all working from home. We're all ordering our supplies in and we're all watching, uh, taking in content frequently so i mean drew it i'll tell you this being at sundance this 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 past year um and i've been a few times it's, no one knows what the hell's going on right and that's what's interesting is even the individuals because for us we thought the power was going to shift we thought okay well finally with these streamers that are coming out um the markets are really going to open up and just great film is going to have, have a home it's not necessarily the case. The big mm-hmm. streamers have just replaced these big studios and now they control all the cards, you know? So if, if, if they decide a film should, they don't want to, they don't want to buy a film or um, then no one's going to see it. So I think that it's the wild West, man. I think for me, what I'm interested in is taking, cause we're, it, it's, it's in everything we do. We're trying to get directly to consumer. So right. can we take our products directly to consumer? That's, that's what I'm curious. And that's what I kind of want to explore. And I'm interested to see what, how this all plays out over the next year, year and a half um, as more streamers, you know, I'm curious what Quibi does. Um, you know, we're just in this weird transition, but I think what is interesting and what is great is that if something is good, we find it. Right. And, 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 and that's, what's exciting is that things can't be hidden any longer. So if that's us, if it's, you just put it, you know, like Louis CK, which we can all have our opinions on what he went through publicly, um, with, with the scandal. But what's interesting is that this guy's putting out content online. He's doing his standups and he's selling them directly to consumers. So I'm really curious. He just had a new one drop yesterday. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be a, if I'm going to be a fan uh, or if I'm going to be a consumer of the actual show myself, but I am curious what the numbers are. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know. I, I met a guy who just created a, just for example, and plus I just want to, I don't really care. I can edit this out if I have to, if we, cause it's a cyber, but I, I do want to encourage you, you know, the sort of challenges I went through on, on indie film. I don't have obviously sort of connections you have just being candid, but indie film distribution was a nightmare. I will tell you, I wish I would have self-released, which is what you guys are doing. It's scary. It's it's insane. But if you keep the budget right, it works better. I met a guy recently who has a show on barbecue. He films here in the state. He has a show. All it is on barbecues on Amazon, all these channels. He's now fully sponsored by all the all of these brands came after him and now sponsor him to to make this content. And all it is is a dude following his passion, following people that 
uh, do competitive barbecue. And it's all self-released on Amazon. So I'm saying that to you to say like, if you can self-release, plus Amazon gives him his numbers. He actually sees the numbers. If I go to- That's right. Our, if I look up our Netflix numbers, nothing against it. It's their proprietary software. I can't see them. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't make an argument. So yeah, I don't know. They're I not sharing sure. those analytics. I, I'm yeah. curious. I mean, I'm like you, man. I, I think there's something to it. Um, and it is a nightmare, but uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I, I, I want to kind of see how it goes. And, and that's interesting to hear um, you say that uh, you would definitely, if you had it to do over again, that you wouldn't have sold it. Nope, on a heartbeat right now. In fact, I kick myself after talking to this guy and getting some competitive edge every single day. I I, I wish I could take it back. I, I really absolutely, I should have gone with my gut and I didn't. I got talked into it. And I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I made the decision, but I wish I Yeah, no, look, and it's never, we're, we're always learning and growing. I, I think what's interesting though and what's great is if you take the Ben and Jerry approach, which is just make the product and focus on it first, you know, okay. you can make it out of your basement. You know yep. what I mean? And, and, okay. and the audience is going to tell you when you've got to expand. And, and for me, um, that's what we're trying to do right now. We're just trying to focusing on the product itself. Um, we've got a new project that we're excited about that we're working on and, um, we're just going to keep pumping them out and let the universe kind of dictate how it sells and how well it, you know, how, how well it does. But, um, I am curious how social media, you know, and what do the numbers really translate into? Absolutely. Um, what, what is a click in, in regards to monetary? So I, I'm, I'm curious. It's all changing and, and, and you know, it's, it's fun to look at the numbers. It is that. Uh, one last piece. I'll jump in just to keep it to, as I promised, 30 minutes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the pig out picnic a little bit. I know it got postponed. Can we talk about it all or is that, and I can just cut this out if you don't want to, but no, I, yeah, you can talk about it. We're, what we're doing now is we're just trying, we'd been raising money uh, already, you know, since the last picnic. So now we're just trying to get the money to the people that need it right now. Um, you know, we were going to focus mostly primarily on children this year. Um, I, it was brought to my attention that Alabama is one of the worst States for trafficking. I didn't know that either, uh, which until I read about it. I did it. not know that. Uh, yeah. There's a highway. I, you know, I guess they, they can get them to. They can have them into Atlanta or up the up the freeway or down into Florida quite quickly. Um, so there's a couple of homes homes here in Birmingham, uh, First Light, and um, uh, I'll, I'll get all that all, all of them from key, all the the three four foundations from Kiki, and you can edit this to have them put up there. Um, but we're trying to get the money to those guys now, man. Um, cause everybody's shut in. We're trying to just drive supplies. Uh, but the pig out this year was going to be really cool because we were going no waste. Um, oh, yeah, we're trying to get away from plastics and, and one-time plastics. And, uh, um, so we teamed up with blue, which is a water company here in the state of Alabama, um, which is really incredible. Um, going and seeing their facilities and this incredible aquifer that, uh, the scientists say it's it's one of only a few biblical biblical aquifers that's uh, on the planet. It takes 300 years for this water to get through. Not to get off a tangent about water, but um, so yeah, we've teamed up with a lot of you know Ghost Train again, uh, Fig Tree of course. Um, but yeah, we we're really excited about this year. But we'll do it again. Well, hopefully in September. I mean, look, we don't know what's. I, I don't know if we'll ever go back to where we were, right? I think it's going to be a new reality and I'm, I'm not sure what that's going to look like in regards to getting large groups of people together. Yeah. I that's mean, one what the hell are they going to do for football games? I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It, it, listen, I, I talked about it on here too. Like it's weird right now. Again, 
I, I, I can't help it. I'm a nerd. I like wrestling, but watching wrestling without crowds is the most bizarre. You want to see something really strange? You want to see actors? You want to watch some people miserable putting in putting in the work? Watch wrestlers without crowds. Because how the heck do you stand up there and puff up big and do that big show when there's? I don't know. Jim, you bizarre. watch Jimmy Fallon. Watching Jimmy Fallon's pretty rough without an audience. Uh, it is weird. You're right. It is weird. It is weird. Comedians. I mean, that's Buddy. the other side. How do comedians do it without without the laugh track? I mean, what where do you go? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I interesting enough. I had no idea because I don't really watch television. I, I've been on. Um, we watch a movie every night with the kids in the projector room. Uh, but that's interesting that you're saying that WrestleMania has still putting on a show with an empty stadium. That's incredible. I had no idea. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. So what they've done, anyway, it's bizarre. It's weird. It's a weird sensation. It'd be like watching a football game without a crowd. Like you you know what's supposed to happen, but then there's just there's some absence of energy from it because it is live theater, right? And to a, to a degree, yeah. So there's an absence of energy that you suddenly feel. Um, whereas in film, because you're dictating that, I don't know. There's a difference in it, and I think it's it's really weird to see that shift occur. Uh, this kind of communication is way more acceptable right now than mm-hmm. stuff that you and I would probably prefer, like lensed out, at least cinematically looking. But this is considered okay because it has to be. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So It's just incredible how quickly we adapt to where I saw a commercial. We were looking at the news this morning and um, a commercial comes on and, and two people cheers their drinks oh, and yeah. how it made me go, oh. Cause I thought, Oh shit, they just put their two mouths together mm-hmm. on those. And, and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, I, I was a little bit of a gerbophobe before I'm yeah. just going to be doused in Perel at all times. So that's where it all went, right? You took it all. You've got it all. I get it now. I see. Yes. I yes. I have just like a, a warehouse full of it over on the property. I rib, I rib. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll let you get to, to that. Uh, hang out two seconds and I will, I will just go ahead and shut this part down. But again, I appreciate it. Is there any, uh, I mean, I'll flash it up here. I'm just gonna. I know you don't care, but bloop, if you want to follow him and his Instagram is the best thing that to track him on. If you guys are interested, if you don't know who he is, follow, follow him on the Instagram. Not that he needs a lot of farm pics, a lot of cow pictures. Uh, it's, it's really what? sexy and interesting. No, it's human being stuff. It's way more. None of it is interesting as that Jim Cotta poster that's behind you. Where in God's name did you get that, sir? I've are, now listen. I'm still sure. working on the script. I'm still remaking this son of gun, and I found this poster, and I will never let it go. And your face could be right up here off screen one day. You talk a big talk, sir, but I have yet to see a script, and you know I would kick complete ass on that pummeling horse. Listen, just wait. I'm I'm totally doing it. Everybody knows now. Now you've made it official. That's even better. <laughs> um, all right. All right so let me, uh, let me toss up the, the brand stuff and then I'll just take us away. Thanks again, man. Thank you.